Hey everyone, this is David Ferrer, and you're listening to Café con Leche. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Café con Leche. Uh, my name is David, and I believe wholeheartedly that the best conversations happen over a cup of coffee or really whatever your beverage of choice is. Um, I want to thank you guys for the support. We are four episodes in, and I'm so, just so grateful to hear from people about how this podcast has been impacting them. I'm grateful just to see the number of people listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support. I actually want to invite you, if you haven't yet, to like or subscribe to this podcast, maybe leave a review. Um, but it would also be great if you could share this with someone by either texting it to them, or if you would be so kind, maybe post about it on social media. That way we're able to reach as many people as possible with this content. Uh, my goal when starting this podcast was to create content for people from every walk of life. So that whether you're a pastor like I am, or if you're working a different job or not working at all, um, you could still benefit from this. Um, if you haven't had the chance yet, I'd really encourage you to go check out the other episodes from this podcast when you have a, um, some spare time. Uh, we've been talking about goal setting, we've talked about relationships, we've talked about self-discipline, and these are all things that I'm hoping will make you the best version of you. Um, and in an effort to be the best that we can be, today I really want to talk about something that's not exactly popular or maybe comfortable, but I, I think it's completely necessary. Today, I want to talk about skeletons in the closet. Now, of course, that doesn't sound attractive, and maybe you want to turn it off right there, but please do not stick with me. Um, I looked up the definition of a skeleton in the closet, and it said this, a discreditable or embarrassing fact that someone wishes to keep secret. Whether we like to admit it or not, we all have this closet with at least one or multiple skeletons, things that we have done, that we're doing, things that we've gone through, things that have been done to us that we don't want anyone to know about under any circumstances. And you can probably, as I say that, think about that thing. Because if that were to get out, it would be humiliating and people would look at us differently. And we, we tend to carry this in life, never working on or through the things that we're ashamed of that we've done or that we're doing or that have been done to us. As a person of faith, I know for a fact that it isn't God's will for you to go through life carrying the weight of not working on these things, carrying these things, keeping them in that closet that we have that we really tend to go back to and think about and dwell on and relive those things. It, it becomes a poison in us, keeping us from being the best version of us or how I like to put it, it keeps you from becoming who God created you to be. So today over coffee, I want to open up the conversation. Today, I want to give you some practical tips about what I've been learning about dealing with things that you don't want anyone to know about. And if you're able to, go ahead, let's, let's take some notes. Let's, let's jot down some practical steps for us to be able to get through some of this stuff that we've been dealing with. So number one for me, I think we need to learn to accept the fact that what happened happened. I think you need to learn to accept the fact that what happened happened. What do I mean by that? Whatever happened to you, because there are things that happened to us, Whatever you did or said or have been doing happened. 
there's times I think we want to be in denial about what happened like it didn't happen or I can't believe that it happened. I can't believe that they did this to me. I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe I did that or that I said that. And we sit in these terrible feelings of what's happened or what's been done and it almost becomes easier to sit in the terrible feelings of what's happened than to get up and actually do something about it. To be honest, it could actually almost feel right to sit in it. Like we deserve to feel miserable. This is my punishment. I need to feel terrible and understand that I am and will always be the scum of the earth. Now saying that out loud, it's like, David, you're being harsh, but that's how we tend to think whether we admit it or not. It becomes almost home to us to visit the closet of skeletons and just carry the guilt and the shame. Yeah, that's, that's what I did or that's what I'm doing. Maybe I caused this to happen to me. And, and I deserve it. I think there's some part of us that thinks that through this vicious cycle, we'll somehow get better. We'll learn our lesson and not do it again. Hear me. I think healthy conviction is good. I think guilt is good. I, I think you should feel bad about what you did. That to me lets me know, hey, God is, is working on my heart. When I feel that guilt and that conviction, I, I believe that's God saying, hey, get this junk out of here. But the guilt and conviction, the shame is not meant to push you from God, from restoration, from healing. It should lead us to the one who holds us and holds all that we need to move forward from what happened. That was just part of a chapter. That was just part of your chapter, or maybe it's a full chapter, but it's not where the story ends. Your identity is not what you've done. You are not your mistakes. You are not your wrong choices. We need to get to a place where we're like, wow, okay, it sucks that this happened or that I did that, but it did happen. I feel badly about it, but what do I do next to start taking steps in the right direction? So, so number one, I think we need to learn to accept the fact that what happened, happened. Number two, I think we need to work on taking the skeletons out of the closet. I think for many of you, this will be the scariest thing, bringing what you did out to light. And there's some of you that cringe at even hearing that, right? There's almost this mentality, especially amongst people in the church, that we have to have it all together. Like, once we know Jesus, we can't struggle or make mistakes. Like, like it's been said that we can be honest and be real, right? They say that in church, be honest, be, be real. But if we're honest, it doesn't feel like we can be. Imagine if you would for a second being in a small group and let's say it's a small group of all guys or all girls and the group leader goes how's everyone's week going and you have bill or susie say man it, it's been a good week and then someone else says uh well this week was a little stressful but you know praise god and then you have the new believer who believes that the leader really wants to know how he's been doing this person really believes this leader wants to know how they've been doing how the week is going and this person says well this week every day i gave into watching porn or this week, every day, I've been struggling with drugs. Or this week, every day, I've been struggling with stealing, whatever it might be. What do you think the reaction in the group is going to be? Most likely, it's going to be straight up awkwardness. Like, like, bro, what the heck? He said, he said that, but everyone knows you don't actually say how you're feeling. I don't know about you, but after that, after seeing everyone's reaction of really saying how I'm feeling, after that, I'm not going to want to open up to anyone about anything. 
And it's that mentality that we have of this that, this, that this is shameful. And I don't want people to judge me. I don't want people to look at me different. So I'll just keep it bottled up. We have to learn to get to a place where we're able to take the skeletons out of the closet. And sidebar, can, can we work on creating environments where people can feel comfortable enough to express how they're doing? What if our small groups, Bible studies, our homes, our one-on-one conversations were places where people felt like if they were asked how they were doing, that they could be honest? Do we create those environments? Maybe we don't feel like we enter those types of environments or that we can be that honest or that transparent, but what if we worked on creating those environments? That's just a sidebar, but back to us being honest. I need to be honest and say that I hate going to the dentist, okay? No, there's a little rabbit trail, right? But I hate going to the dentist. One of the worst parts about going to the dentist is them flossing your teeth. My, oh my, what a terrible experience. Can I get an amen, right? The majority of the planet is not good at flossing. So I know your experience, if you're listening today, has to be similar, okay? Right? Tell me if this sounds familiar. You go to the dentist and they floss and it's like they cut you open with a knife because suddenly you're drowning in your own blood and, 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 and there's this smell like, like something died in your mouth and you realize that it is your own mouth because all the gunk that was in your teeth is finally coming out. And I'm sorry if this is graphic for anyone listening. I apologize, right? They then spray you down and you feel like a new person. Your teeth are cleaner and your mouth smells better or great. And sure, I'm in pain, but I feel like I'm on my way to becoming a more clean person. I even stopped by the store on the way home to buy dental floss. That is if they didn't give it to you for free. Hallelujah. Right? Or I get these dental floss sticks, right? Because I don't want to just use a string. I want to use the fancy sticks. Because I don't want to do this thing anymore where I wait three years and then I'm at the dentist again, bleeding and smelling terrible. For majority of the uh, population, we treat our skeletons in the closet like we treat flossing. We wait forever to do it, maybe till a conference event or a big worship night. And when we finally do, man, it hurts and it's hard. We cry the ugly cry, right? There's snot everywhere, but, but we feel better. And we know we don't want to arrive here at this place again. We don't want to wait this long to get right. We don't want to wait this long to get what we need to off of our chest to deal with what needs to be dealt. We know that there's more to be dealt with, and we don't want to just keep waiting. But, but we just don't do it. And it starts smelling again and causing harm to our spirit. And you know the thing about bad breath? Everyone knows you have it but you. So what do I mean by that? There's times that some of you think you're hiding it well. I'm hiding well what I'm going through. I'm hiding well um, that the fact that I'm struggling or I'm addicted or um, something happened to me. I'm hiding it well. And people can actually tell like, man, that, that person has something going on. Listen to me. We have the tools. And if not, we need to find them, the tools to to work on us, to get these skeletons out of our closet. What do I mean? Find someone to tell the truth to. Find someone to confide in about your skeletons, someone that you can look in the eyes. And no matter how bad the skeleton is, they're going to be there for you and they're going to love you. And, And don't just do it once. Hear me today. Let's stop just doing it once. Let's stop just waiting months after months and carrying this junk. Don't just do it once or just once in a very long time or a very long while. Be consistent. Talk to that person about your stuff because, hear me, God cannot heal 
what you don't reveal. God cannot heal what you don't reveal. Listen to these verses. James 5, 16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, right? Confess your stuff, yes, to the Lord. And man, does he work. But look at this verse. He also wants you to confess it to someone and see how the healing came. For this particular verse, of course, they were talking about physical healing, but man, God wants to bring you physical healing. He wants to bring you emotional healing. He wants to bring you mental healing. God wants to touch your life, but you've got to bring it into light. Sin is something that doesn't need light to grow. It needs darkness. The longer it's in the dark, the better it thrives and grows. And we think we're doing ourselves a favor. Let me just shoulder this by myself. Let me just take this on. But when you bring it to the light, it begins to destroy it. It begins to take that stronghold out of your life. Then once you're at a place of having confided in someone consistently, you'll get to a place of realizing that, that that's part of your story. And you'll begin to tell people, hey, this is where I was. Okay, check this verse out. Acts 19 verses 18 through 20. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 I hope I say this right, drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Because of this open confession, right? They openly confessed because of this open confession, the renouncing of sin. Man, the word of God spread. The news of Jesus spread. And your story, this thing that you want to hide, this thing that you may be ashamed of, whether it was done to you, you've been doing it, you used to do it, your story can be used to spread the news of Jesus. Your story can touch people's lives. So we need to get better at, man, we need to get better at taking the skeletons out of our closet, confiding in someone, finding someone to do life with. God can't heal what you don't reveal. And then number three today, if you're taking notes, we need to really realize who Jesus is. We need to really realize who Jesus is. Your view of Jesus will determine how you live your life for him. Your view of Jesus will determine how you live your life for him. When I, when I think of realizing who Jesus is in the middle of my guilt, shame, condemnation, my inclination to hide and to keep it all inside, I think of the story of the prodigal son. I, I think what we think is how angry God must be that we're struggling with porn or drugs or depression, anxiety, doubt, insecurity, fear, or maybe how angry we are that, at God for what happened to us and ignoring him till we realize we need him and need to be honest with him and, and we want to come home, but, but we've been gone for so long. Maybe it would just be easier to leave the skeletons in the closet because those aren't appealing. And what if I confess them? And then I go back to them. What if things get worse before getting better? And, and I think for me, the realization is that I've had of Jesus is him being the dad sitting on the front porch. I'm talking about the story of the prodigal son, him being the dad sitting on the front porch, watching, waiting, and praying for his boy to come home. The crazy thing is like us, the boy had this thought of I'll come home and try to be less than who I am. I'll be a servant. I can't be a son again. And, and he prepares this speech in an effort, I think, to convince his dad to let him back 
at least at home. And the dad sees the son a ways off, the Bible says, and he runs to him. And he cuts him off in the middle of this speech of, God, Dad, I've sinned against you, and I've sinned against God, and I deserve to be your son. He cuts him off in the middle of the speech and says, let's celebrate because my son is home. Which is, it's, that's wild, right? Like, why didn't he hug him and say, let's go sit at the table and talk about what you did wrong. And let's set up some ground rules if you're going to be here again. That way we could probably avoid what happened. Let's talk about what you did wrong. No, he doesn't do that. He, he just loves on him. And he says, let's celebrate you being back. Let's throw a party. I'm going to put a ring on your finger. Let's get him a robe. I want to celebrate that you're home. I want to celebrate that you're, you're here Let's pick up where we left off. You today need to realize who Jesus is. Man, he, he is Lord. Hear me today. I'm not saying that he's not Lord. He is just. He's holy. He's a righteous God. And he deserves for us to live lives that are pleasing to him. But that comes as a result of relationship with him. He wants you. He loves you and died and resurrected for you. You need to realize today who Jesus is. Sometimes I think we have this picture of the, n- not who Jesus is. I, I feel like we don't view him the right way. And because of that, it affects how we serve him. It affects how we approach him in prayer. It affects how we live our lives because we don't have a right view for him. So today to end, I, I want to ask for our listeners, and again, the, the point of this podcast is to create content so that you could be the best version of you. And if you're listening today, whether you're a believer or not, this podcast is for you. I think this podcast is for every one of us because I think at some point or another, we struggle with this, right? So what are some things that you've been carrying inside? Addictions, secret sins, hurts, bitterness, things that were done to you? Today you can start your journey to healing. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Today, your journey to healing can begin. And it, it starts with you in your own heart. Like, I don't even need to lead you in a prayer. In your own heart, it's admitting, Jesus, I need you. I don't want to do this on my own. I'm tired of where I've been ending up on my own. I need you. Would you come into my heart and my life and, and help me be the person that you want me to be? Help me to be rid of these things that I've been holding on to. Help me to love you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, I reveal to you today the skeletons in my closet, and I pray help me to share this with someone so that I'm not doing this life alone, but I'm living it for you. Heal my heart, God. Help me to let go of this thing that I struggle with so much. I admit it to you, I struggle, God, and I'm not going to be perfect, and I'm not going get right, to get it right right off the bat, but God, I'm, I'm determined, and I'm in this and I want to get over this. For you, it could be something like that, a prayer like that. But man, God wants, he wants to do life with you. He wants you to do life with him. And he loves you so much. Listen, I'm praying for you today. And I'm praying that God would heal your heart. That he would heal your heart. And that you would be the best version of yourself. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. If, if this impacted you in any way, if it, it encouraged you in any way, please share it on social media. Send it to a couple of people. Be challenged today, and let's, let's be the people who, who Jesus wants us to be. I love you so much, and I look forward to speaking with you and having some coffee with you in our next episode. Bye, guys.